To begin this podcast, we would like to acknowledge the traditional territory of the Anishinaabek Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and the Potawatomi Nations, and further, give thanks to the Chippewas of Saugeen and the Chippewas of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, as the traditional keepers of this land. To find out what land you're on, visit native-land.ca. Welcome to Aaron Eldersley Archives Podcast. I'm Ruby. And I'm Alex. During this podcast, we will learn about the community through storytelling related to the seven pillars that make up a community. Arts, civic structure, history and heritage, environment, health, commerce, and faith. Today, I am joined by... Margaret Sukstoff, Werner Sukstoff. Werner Sukstoff. Okay, thank you. Um, who will be telling us stories related to the environment. And to recap, environment is important to a community because we need to um, we need a place to live, and that is within the environment. And our environment can help us either thrive, um, or it can sadly end with um, disasters like hurricanes, storms, etc. Thus, required to be aware of our environment and adapt our lifestyles so it can survive and further thrive. Hi, Werner. Um, it's great to have you here. So, first, how long have you lived in Aaron Eldersley? 64 years. How old were you when you moved? 25. 26. 20. <laughs> What's your favorite part about living in the area? I got a job offered as a butcher. I was a butcher in Germany, and there was a little slaughterhouse up here. by the name Ted Bender owned it. There were three people there, and they needed a butcher, and so on. I got a job off of that. So uh, I had an ad in the Toronto paper and they, somebody seen it and they let them know that there was somebody and that's how it got here. I had no idea what page he was or uh, anything, so. And um, since you moved here, what's your favorite part? I love the people. We came here, see we were Germans. Paisley was at that time a very small, close-knit Scottish community and people were kind of hesitant and they perceived of his open arms and to this to this day is of course there's nobody left for the old people but we still like the people you know now we don't everybody knew everybody in town here they will see I got I didn't know what pace it was until on the boat we came over and uh, Somebody had a railway map from Canada, and they paid it. So it was just a spot on the map for us. And we got to Toronto, and there was an old friend of mine. He worked in Toronto. He emigrated seven years before me, but I never heard from him. But he met me in Toronto at Union Station, and we stayed a day or two in, the, in there. And uh, they offered me a job. But he came as the manager and say, what do you want a paisley? Paisley, do you know what that is? That's way in the sticks, up backwards country, up in Bruce County. That's what they, they out there. And I said, that just suits me fine. They want to come up and pick my luggage up. The luggage was sent ahead. And, uh, but I said, no, no, I promised the guy, and I promised, so I said, 
I come here and I, well, that's the way it is. And I worked in six days a week, 40 bucks a week at that time. That's just a really going wage. Houses at that time was kind of scarce in Paisley. It was interesting because it was a retirement community more than anything. And there were a lot of houses, there was one old lady lived in or so, and sometimes they died to see them, but there was a lot of them, but at that time there was nothing. And uh, then heat, we had, well, we got a little electric stove, a rain jet, he called it, you know, it's an electric stove, that's what we had. And then Margaret heat the water on the, on pots and pans, and the, on the top and in the oven for the washing machine. <laughs> and uh, there was no bathroom, we had no bathtub. Somebody made us a bathtub out of tin, that, you know, made it together. <laughs> yep. Then we had that bath, and we had a what with me bathtub, <laughs> and this water heated up, and that's how we started. It was, and Margaret was very faithful. She, we got stripped. Well, we got a bed, took all of us a bed from, from neighbors there, they had a bed. But Margaret said, one thing I insist on, I want a new mattress, I'm not going to have an mm -hmm. old mattress on it. So we went to Bob's store, the furniture store here, they brought us the mattress down. And, um, well, Margaret, every week, she took uh, five dollars to here, five dollars there, payments up, you know, and that's how we start our credibility here, you know. Hmm. Neat. Yeah, that seems to be a reoccurring theme with the people we interview. As everyone said, the people here, are, the people in Paisley and the people in Aaron Eldersley are so great, and that's yeah. why they love it. See, now that everybody knew everybody. Mm -hmm. That's, like I said in the beginning, there was no street names, street signs. Just everybody knew where you lived, you know, the temple of And I worked in it. It was Bendis Slaughterhouse, but later on it became Bruce Packers. I don't know if you two young to remember Bruce Packers. It burned down in the, in the 80s somewhere. I can't forget, I was already retired. But I, I worked, and by the time it burned down, there were 60 people there. And it was cruel, you know, it was really just too bad. It was a really good place. And when I came there, there were three of us, and uh, I got the, there was another German guy there. He was one of the original. He was there. He was somewhere on the show back then. Anyway, I got there in the morning. It was Tuesday morning, and uh, the boss came out and there's the other guy, Archie McMillan was his name. He was from Old Town. He worked as a butcher. He was a slaughterer. And uh, Ted says, Archie, here's your helper. His name is Werner. No, it was Hans Werner. That's, that's another story. I say, he's going to work with you. So Archie and I shook hands. Archie couldn't speak a bit of German and I couldn't speak English. So <laughs> we got along famously, become really good friends over the years. And man, we worked like an oil machine together, you know. We had, over the years, we had a reminisce sometimes. We said, we hardly can believe when we look back at the money amount we Trip there and so on. It was all, see, this is another thing, this all costume killing. It was 90% was costume killing, a little bit of processing, so a little bit of retail. And that's why I got to know all the farmers. 
Og på deres counting-gæster, hvis det hårde er i det, og klæmikker det, and that's why I got introduced to the lot of local farmers, and they were, that was my kind of people, if mm-hmm. I don't know, selling shells. And they, there was a family main tears. There's still some tears around here, but they were a real big family. You know, from one of tears and talk to the other ones, you got all the people who knew about this county. And they introduced me to hunting, I got hunting and fishing, and so I got this really long my line. And then I liked it here because there was very few restrictions then. You know, there was no little bureaucracy. There was, well, it was a deer season, and, but otherwise there was not much we go hunting. It just any place you wanted, you know, but nobody bothered you. Like, it was just the way it is. And it was great. In 1978, I got sick and tired of hunting. You're supposed to have a written permission for each farmer to go on and say not for me so i quit i never hunted since the last time i hunted yeah i used to even um go fishing and it was quite with my with my dad and it was quite a bit just to get a fishing license and do all of that just to go for one day so do you have any hobbies that you like to do around the town well originally was just hunting and fishing you know and then fishing i really got fish meat the river, see, the Paisley River, it was great for fishing, you know, at that time. And uh, then now, see, on weekends and so, the river is like a four-one highway with canoes and so on. Nobody ever came there. It was fish, it was everywhere we caught fish. It was, it was really good. And uh, then I got into birding. Yeah, bird watching. Yeah. What do you call it? Birders, you know. It sounds a little better than bird watching. You know, bird watching is sort of amateurish. Birders is the real professionals, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I got into that. I always was very much interested in nature, and but even overseas and out in Germany, I was interested always in nature and hiking and so on. And Paisley had 700 people when we came. It were five churches. And the church was not very religious, actually, I'm, that's another story. And, but it was, if, if you want to be, belong to, pay, to people, you had to go to church. That was the social center and everything for, for the town, you know, all the way. And we were actually Lutherans in Germany, baptized and married, so our burden. So then went, see, I was always interested I belonged to the outreach committee at the time when Mary was chairman for a while. I worked for 10 years for Bruce, for Bruce Parker's eventually. And then I got the pressure and had a bad back all the time. And fortunately, there's a lot of heavy lifting, you know, and so on. And I couldn't do it anymore, couldn't do it anymore. And at that time, there was a big scandal here in Ontario. There was a, uh, people. The dead stock people, there were a lot of dead stock people that fed minks and so on, and collect the dead stock animals from the, and a lot of that was sold for human consumption because there was no inspection whatsoever, see. And uh, so then, of course, the public, when that came out, even at, in Toronto Exhibition, they sold hamburgers made from deceased meat, you know, dead meat. And uh, so then the public got upset, and then the government, of course, what governments do, they put up a law, regulations, meat inspection for every little slaughterhouse, 
I mean, so, so, and I, I found out about that, and I applied, and I got accepted, and uh, I went to training first in school at Richtown, at the college there, and then to a practical in Windsor for a practical training, see, and uh, come back to, I got to, to Berlin. Then we went, uh, I was inspecting at this little slaughterhouse in Formosa, that's not there, not there anymore. Um, Letting us and we were done butchering and I was going to go home and also have a coffee. We got in the coffee and he said, "Just going to get my mail." So he went out and got the mail and he saw it. Soon he threw some in the, in the garbage can there. And, and once I said, "Kuso," to the, to, uh, that letter. I said, "What's that? Let me see that one." Also, you wouldn't be interested. And I got the letter. Uh, Abitur managed in New Guinea wanted, you know, Papua New Guinea. I said, hey, that's, that's what I wanted. That's the interesting one. So I took it and I came home. And Margaret was at the time at the clerk's office in, in the town hall here. She worked there. And uh, I said, we won't go to New Guinea. Sure, says, when we're going to leave, that's her, you know. <laughs> that's the same when we went to Canada. She didn't know nothing about it that I was interested. And, there comes this letter from Canada. We live with our grand with our in-laws upstairs, and uh, I came home with this letter. We had when we married, we had an agreement. You open me your mail, I open mine. We don't each others open each other's mail. And uh, so she had this letter from Canada. <laughs> And I don't know, they say, you want to go to Canada? Sure, let's go. <laughs> that's, that's a, uh, I was always fascinated by the birds there. And the guy says, what birds have you in Canada? Well, I knew crows and starlings and sparrows and stuff like that. that bit, but I didn't know, you don't have these birds? I said, no. And so that was, then I really got interested. And then I got, I got, Kuso shifted us around some different places. And I got to this place, and the guy, he was interested in birds. He had a bird, he was a bit of a bird watcher himself. And he gave me this uh, book about the birds and pups in the South Pacific. And that's when I really got interested, you know, when I came back here. And then uh, there was an uh, ad in the Port Argon paper. There was a guy with Martin Parker. He was, at the time, he was the clerk in Port Argon, and he was a real naturalist. And, Birder, and him and his wife, and uh, an interesting birding, they could meet behind the old school there at, at Saturday's morning at a certain time and so on. I said, well, I'm going to go and see if might interested in that. And uh, I went and there's, what were, I don't know, four or five people maybe there, birders, you know, and got introduced and I really enjoyed the outing with them. And then I always went, to the meetings and outings we had, and then uh, a guy with the name Fred Jaswick took over the leadership eventually. Parkers, they got moved away when the communities amalgamated, mm -hmm. and he moved up, and then there's a guy with the name, he lives in South Sam, his name is Fred Jaswick. Mm -hmm. He took over, and he really is a good guide and leader and whatever he's so he's then we've come we formed the Bruce Birding Club, you know. And 
they still exist, but of course now with this pandemic, nobody can get out and I can't walk anymore so good. Now I let the birds come to me, but that was, we had a real wonderful time with them and you know, birding all over Ontario and local, of course, or Bruce County and other places with Niagara Falls and just all over for birding. That's how yeah. I really got interested in them. Still am now. I sit on my veranda and have a bunch of feeders and a bit of brush pile for the birds and uh, and feeders and brush pile and I plant some special plants for feed the birds and mm -hmm. so on and so on. And that's my hobby now and just sit there and watch the birds. Count keeps, I keep track of it. Uh, when it first started, uh, people keep lists. I say, why would people write down the birds to see? That's so, so, so silly, you know. I have about three or four or five lists maybe now myself. <laughs> I have life lists, I have Ontario lists, a Bruce County list, and a yard list. And, cool. <laughs> and then I joined, of course, um, you get interested in so organizations, the Ontario Field uh, Ornithologists. Mm -hmm. I joined them and the Bird Studies Canada, mm. that's a really good organization. I joined them and uh, I still belong to them and so on. And, and uh, they have all different programs. So mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed the programs, taking part in a feeder watch, for instance, when the time you keep track of the birds. And then there was a little story about that. Uh, um, Swift, you know, Swift is all like a flying cigars. There was a big flock here always in Paisley. And they see insect birds, insect eating birds have really declined. They are really in, dec in decline. And it's a long story. But anyway, so there was a survey on that. And uh, I was going to see what in Paisley they, they Swift, you know, they, in that chimney there and in, in the park. And then the hotel with some chimneys, the dead, you know, like nothing in it, and the, the, the bread in there, and the at night swear in there. But then one day, there were no more swifts in Paisley. You heard them screeching over town all the time, flying, and they're gone. So, see, if wonder what happened. So I went be every evening for quite some time behind the hotel with my binoculars and sit there. And the people wondered, like, what I was doing, looking at <laughs> somebody's bedroom window. <laughs> I had to tell him, no, no, I watched him look, try for, for Swiss, but never come back and I haven't been back since. Would you say um, bird watching has been a good way for you to connect with the community and the environment of your community? Yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. Yes, you did. See, the environment has changed so much in Paisley. When we came, see, there was mostly farms with small 100 acres somewhere maybe 200, but that was already a big farm then. And uh, a lot of people still worked with horsepower at that time, you know, and so on. And it was small, 10-acre fields, hedge rows, uh, rail fences, and lots of bush, you know, and so on. And great environment for, for uh, birds. Out in Bruce Township, there was, uh, I don't know what the soil is like there, but there were a lot of potholes, and you know, the water stood there all year, and uh, the ducks breeding there, of course, and all. And, and then it started at that time, just about the time uh, Western cars used to come to Bruce County. Bruce County was the more cattle than people or anything. And uh, 
Western calves came and they were fed here on pasture, you know, like it was all pasture land, just with the hay, and that's all, quite a bit of corn, but mostly. And then farms got a little bigger, more pasture land, you know. But still, it was very, trees and fence rows and all that so on. But then that changed, I don't know when it changed, but it's a few years ago now, it's that cash crop and there was no more money in the beef business or very little money and cash crop and that's where the big fraud was. So the fence rows were torn out, everything is tile drained. You see still, I see just the other day, big track going through with all the tile, more tile draining all the time. So that eliminated all the potholes. In the spring, the, uh, what the birds came here, they rested here before they go back further north. The, the, birds, you know, and so on. And uh, so that has changed tremendously, and all the fence rows are gone, and no more. And the insecticides now, they, they kill the insects, you know, there's no more insects for the birds. You know, cattle were there, they stir the grass up, and so on, and all mm -hmm. feeding the, the birds, feeding, following the cattle, and so on. It's all changed, all changed. For better, I don't know. Not good for the environment, as far as I'm concerned, you know, because I'm concerned about the environment. And, but not much you can do about it. That's, I don't know what you can do about it. It's just where the money is, money talks. You know? mm -hmm. but that's where the profit is. Uh, trace. Now, another thing is uh, a lot of people get to start in wood stoves. And, all the old trees were just in the bush for nesting sites for woodpeckers and all uh, uh, cavity western uh, nesting birds. They all cut down now for firewood, so there's none more them either, so they declined. Yeah. And bluebirds, bluebirds were almost extinct at one time. And uh, then people got together and they started uh, uh, nest boxes. And that really brought the bluebirds back. I have about 30 nest boxes on my property. Oh, wow. But uh, I have no bluebirds this year, not last year, and I don't know why not. But uh, there's three swallows and uh, house friends. I see the lady just feeding the young ones there, the young ones and so on. So that's okay, but still, like, overall environment is not good for birds anymore. They mm -hmm. decline. Birds have declined. I have notes in here, but I don't want to look at <laughs> have from, Since 1970, I think 50% of all the songbirds have declined. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite bird? Well, <laughs> I have a few favorite birds. One is the chickadees. Mm -hmm. They are always friendly and chatty. And then uh, woodpeckers. I have woodpeckers come to my... There's an, three different kinds of varieties of woodpeckers come to my place, and I like the woodpeckers. And... Uh, See, there's another one, woodpeckers. There used to be red-headed woodpeckers. They were uh, plentiful here. Now, with no cavities for them to breed, there's hardly see a red-headed woodpecker. There's another woodpecker moved in here, or oh, a number of years ago, came up from the south. See, with the climate change, Birds moving further south, what north, what used to be southern birds. For instance, there is the red-bellied woodpecker. And Yuri, I know Yuri records him there. 
that had a woodpecker. He says, mm-hmm. that's not what he had it, that's a red belly woodpecker. But you don't see a red belly, it's just a light, with certain lights you see a right belly, it's a bit of red belly wash. There should be a different name for it, but that's not to me. <laughs> um, so you said that the environment Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, a lot more. See, a lot of it has been cleared for cash cropping. What are your most favorite spots to um, bird watch? The rail trail. And when they burnt the bridge now, I don't know if you guys heard about the bridge burnt down, that was my favorite spot. The bridge overlooking the valley where the Velo Click is there, and I put my scope up there and See, birds like to sit on top of the trees quite often. When you look from the bottom, when it's leaves, you hardly see them. But from there, you could see lots of birds and beautiful, you know. Oh, I love that place. And I, I heard the bridge burn down where I don't walk anymore anyway. So there's another thing, Lockerbie. That was my favorite place for shorebirds. And uh, then the dam was, there was a, dike, a dam there for the old mill, you know, the, and then the, Water was let out in the fall, and then in the spring, no, when the, the water was let out, you see mud flats come you know, over there. Now it's uh, it used to be on the water like a lake, where the water was going, it was like a mud flats, and all, all the shrubbers loved that. They're digging in the mud, you know, all night. I, I sit there and I had a little truck and I have a uh, scope uh, with a window mount put on this, and then I watched the shorebirds there. That was really one of my favorite spots too, yeah. So that's gone. Then they took the dam out, and oh, of course, no more mud flats, so that spot is gone too. I really feel bad about that. So the things happen, you can't do anything about it. You know, this is Sardine Valley, decided to remove the dam, and it was too much work, I guess, to up and down, you know, and so. So he goes. <clears throat> and now you mostly bird watch from your backyard? Yeah, that's what I do now. Because like I say, I, I have trouble walking, you know. Mm-hmm. My balance is very poor. I'm very fascinated by your story. So thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Those were fascinating. I hope it'll make any sense for you. Oh, they did. This intergenerational project was made possible thanks to the funding received from the Government of Canada's New Horizon for Seniors program.